0: everybody and welcome to girl club i am cynthia garrett and we have been if you've joined us uh, for the last series of conversations here then you know that we are real girls having real talk about real issues and trying to apply our very real faith to those issues to help all of you figure out how to walk your lives out in a more authentic way with christ as your lord and savior um one of the things that we've been talking about, as I was saying, if you've been joining us for this latest series, is we've been talking about sex and dating and the sort of lack, I think, in a lot of ways, of uh, the church or church leaders to really know how to guide the conversation, how to help those who are single navigate these waters. Um, you know, sitting at my side today is someone who's not normally sitting at my side when I open Girl Club, but I figured it was a, since we sort of segued last week into talking about the guy's point of view, I figured, well, maybe we should have a guy on to also address that point of view. And so joining us on Girl Club today is our special guest and also my husband, pastor and businessman, Roger Charles. And uh, my married name is Charles, guys. Um, I've just been Cynthia Garrett for a long time in my work. And so that's what most of you know me as, but um Joining us today uh, to continue this regular series are my Girl Club regulars, my Girl Club crew, Christina Boudreaux and Christina Reynolds. Nova's off today. So hey, y'all, good morning. good morning. (laughs) Well, it seemed, so for those of you watching, you gotta know, Christina and Christina know my husband, Roger. And so this is gonna be kind of funny I think, for us in some ways, but I think he's a pretty good guy to give us a guy's sort of take on what we've been talking about, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. before you guys, before we start this week, I just want to, um, first of all, know how how you guys are doing. How was your week?
1: I'm doing good. Wow, this is the first week I've been like, I'm doing good. It's been rough. Yeah.
0: I know. Yeah, Christina, that's good. Why Why better this week than some of the other ones?
1: That sounds so cliche or whatever, but I feel like I've been getting more clarity, um, mm-hmm. spiritual clarity. I feel like the Lord, just, I just feel like I've had a major breakthrough concerning mm-hmm. things on my heart. And just clarity is amazing. When you feel confused, it really sucks. And when yeah. all of a sudden everything just makes sense, you're like, whoa, I feel so at peace. I feel chill. I feel like I have... I know what I can focus on, and I'm just not—I'm less distracted. We'll just put it that way.
0: That's nice. Yeah, yeah. that's a good thing. Congratulations. It's—it's it's like congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. After a year
1: of psychoticness, like, Ooh.
0: it's. Hey, listen, but it's a hard fought bat. It's a hard won battle, and the fight, the struggle is real, <laughs> yeah. right? Right? You know, yeah. it's, CB. What about you? How was your week? <sighs>
2: Well, I literally got a bed at like 8.30 California time, and Girl Club starts at 9. So we're really girls on the go today. I literally just <laughs> – no makeup. This is like real girls on the go. So raise your hand if you're not wearing makeup today. Roger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Roger. Yeah, you know,
2: honestly, it's been a good um, – I think this week has been very just – Yeah, I think I think honestly that the best way to put it is I feel like God is the like the the hands of the Lord are holding my heart together right now. I think just everything I've been through with my family over this last year and really realizing the reality that like nothing's really changed on their part, you know, and just the sadness of um, that. I really want to see them. You know, there's days that I want to see them. There's days that I like I love my mom, but I can't because if I do, if I like I pay the I pay the price afterwards emotionally you know and and spiritually and and mentally and and really having to choose to say I want to be healthy you know and I and I and I need to set the, I need to continue to set those boundaries even seeing them outside of their house you know where my abuser is staying right now just the conversations are always like trying to push the envelope of like when are you gonna come to the house you know when are you gonna do this when are you gonna do that and so I think it's very um yeah, you know, just the just the reality, honestly, of when you're finally out of trauma and all you've known is trauma your whole life, you realize the reality of what you've had to walk through and what you're still walking through. And when you choose health and healing and wholeness, you realize, like, wow, like, I would rather be healthy and whole than live in dysfunction and be around people who are operating in dysfunction, you know, and so... Yeah that's just kind of where I'm at where just like my heart's really sad. Cause I see, you know, I was in Costco yesterday and I, you know, and I'm seeing different, you know, even just moms, you know, and I just, I'm like, wow, well, like I really miss my mom, but I can't be around her right now because, you know, just conversations and just where I'm at right now, even with ministry, like I just need to guard my heart, you know, because everything that I do with ministry flows from my heart. Like I have stuff happening at church with the whosoever's, and i can't afford to have a day where i'm a mess because i have people like the lord's asked me to minister to so exactly that verse above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it like everything you do so that's why some people stay in dysfunction because it's comfortable and some people stay in abusive relationships or friendships because they don't believe that they're worth more and i'm just at a point where it's hard and it's hurtful cuz you love those people but you have to honor and love who God's created you to be even more to say, Hey, I love you, but I'm going to practice. Self-preservation. Yeah. Yeah. Self-preservation at this time. So yeah, yeah, it's just, that's just kind of where I'm at, you know, just honest assessment, you know, that it's kind of been a sad week, you know, and I'm still kind of in that place right now. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, (laughs) I feel, I feel led to sort of, pray on that note real quickly for all of us today, you know, like Lord help us to Mm -hmm. help us to take care of ourselves in you, Lord Mm -hmm. help us to navigate difficult waters, difficult times difficult thoughts, feelings and emotions that we have in response to all of the challenges that are a part of our, our daily life and in Jesus name we just give you this girl club Lord, we give you our hearts, we give you our conversation. We give you each and every one of us, Lord, and we ask for your wisdom to reign in Jesus' name. Wow, I, I just felt led to just stop there and pray. You know, uh, it's kind of an interesting place, even talking about guarding your heart, you know, to mm-hmm. to pick up the conversation that we've been in. You know, um, hey, Salome Brutz, nice to see you too. Um, as everyone kind of joins in and says, hello, you know, you guys are, are you know, you're more than welcome to post your, your comments, your questions, your your thoughts, your shout outs. Um, you know, listen, it's it, when you talk about guarding your heart, you know, last week, and for those of you who've been joining us, you know, we've been in a series of conversations about dating and, and sex and being single. Uh, versus married and being Christian and trying to do that all surrendered to Christ. And so we sort of shifted gears last week and started talking about this subject from, you know, for men, looking at it from a guy's point of view. What do, what do, you know, how should men be thinking, you know, in all of this? And, you know, and, and it, it really dawned on me this morning <clears throat> as we're, you know, I'm traveling. Uh, a lot of times we're bringing you girl club from the different places where we are the different states the different cities where we're ministering um and so you know i know i'm always on the go and 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 a lot of times i'm i i'm blessed to be able to be with my husband and it hit me this morning that it was time for a guy's point of view on all of this so uh roger i guess i'll just kind of ask you when it comes to guarding your heart in terms, just in general, for men and women, in terms of going into a dating relationship with another Christian, what would what would you sort of, what kind of rules, what kind of, uh, I don't know. I guess what, what should we do?
3: Yeah, I, I think the the foundation. of uh, First of all, you know, the Bible talks about many things. For me personally, right, but then once you talk about relationship. Now you're talking about somebody else and you can't know their heart. In fact, they probably have trouble knowing their own heart. And so you have to get to foundational thinking. And I think so much of the Christian church doesn't sadly. So we talk about being a family. We talk about the family of God. We talk about all these things, but I want to read one thing is it's really ironic. uh, You know, CB uh, because what you just talked about, your whole experience with your parents, right, is they're not aligned with you. They're not helping you. They're hurting you in ways. And so um, you're dealing with that. But listen what happened with Jesus, okay? So Jesus is sitting there talking to a multitude. This is Mark 3. And uh, they say to him in verse 32, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Now, you, you know at this point in time, his mother is nothing but worried about him, and his brothers think he cr- he's crazy, right? Like, what in the world are you doing? Because all their life, they haven't seen him like this with crowds and healing people and all this crazy stuff. And so Jesus says something way out there, just wild. He answers them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those that sat with him. Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother, my mother, uh, my sister, and my mother. Now, right there, right there, he defines it. Who is my mother, brother, sister? Those that do the will of God. Okay, He wasn't disowning his mother and brothers, of course. But what he is doing is going, this is my family. And this is how you have to think of them. You think of the girl there, if you're a guy, you think of the girl there as your sister. If you're a girl, you think of the guy as your brother mm. or your father figure or a...
0: Uh, honey, in a dating relationship?
3: Yes. So hold on.
0: Your father figure?
3: No. I mean, that's- no, but first rule in this whole thing, foundational, is the scripture is really clear. If you're a Christian, you need to... Marry a Christian, right? Right. Otherwise, you're unequally yoked. If you become a Christian and your spouse is not a Christian, then you're naturally unequally yoked, and that's okay. You're not to divorce, but uh, except under certain circumstances. But if you're dating, which is what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. you should be, if you're a guy, you should be dating a Christian girl. If you're a Christian, you should be a Christian guy. But Mm -hmm. notice he says here, he defines it, those that are doing the will of God. Right. You can say you're a Christian, but if you're not doing the will of God in all the other areas of your life, you don't want to date them. Mm. Right. Number one. Number two, while you're dating, you're thinking of that person as your sister first. There's a transition that happens to where she is no longer your, only your sister. She is also your spouse. Right. And that is a totally different thing. And there's a, amazing point that happens there and that is in the scripture and that is something called ownership. In in the Bible everything is God's right? Everything is the Lord's. The whole earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That's a scripture. You can't change it. Everything, including me and you, we're all the Lord's. And so everything I look at, it's God's. But there's only one thing that God allows me to say is mine. It's my thing. If you're a pastor of a church, it's not your church. Don't Mm. say this is my church. It's not your church. Mm. Okay? Uh, Unless you're in a pastor setting with other pastors and you need to define the church you're talking about as your church. But possessively, no, it's not your church. And the body is not your body. And all of that, it's the body of Christ and there's the church of Christ. So anyway, back to dating. She's not yours. You don't have ownership of her. Until you're engaged. Once you're engaged, that's your fiance. And you only have ownership of the relationship as a fiance. Then when you get married, that's my wife. She's not somebody else's wife. When she's your fiance, she's not somebody else's fiance. It's a definition thing at that point. So there's a progression from sister and she's everybody else's sister in the body of Christ. Then she becomes your fiance. That's when there's some ownership, but just of the, title then there is an ownership of each other when you become spouses now the right way of thinking of that matters a lot to a lot of things
0: okay i love i I love what you're saying the reason i sort of made the joke with you about the whole father thing is because i think it's really difficult and this is critical it's really difficult for men You, you you talk about basically managing your ownership as, as, as now let's focus on men. I think girls, yeah. look, women have a hard time too. The second we, from the time we're little girls, right? We write, you know, C, heart, you know, J. You know what I mean? We're always like, we're taking ownership. You know what I mean? We start imagining our lives with the person who's the object of our affection, you know? And, and we're we're like making little hearts and we're imagining ourselves married to them. And plan- I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I remember doing this as a little girl anyway. And, but I think about men. Ownership with men can be very aggressive and controlling. So, let me, let, hold on, yeah, I'll let, me get to that. let me finish. And um, so, when a guy is attracted to a girl, I know very few single guys. I have known very, very few in my life who do not take premature ownership the second they're attracted. So how do they think of you as their sister? Like their ownership is only that you're my sister and you're free. And I, and I must, I, I got to guard my heart, which also means I need to do something with my attraction to you. That, that's, I mean, it sounds almost impossible. I, I don't know a guy who doesn't take ownership prematurely.
3: Well, okay. So, If you have a right heart condition towards your sister, uh, then it's real easy once you start dating to keep that right heart condition. So guys in general in churches don't look at girls as sisters. I mean, I have a relationship with both Christina's here and Anna, right, that is primarily with you, but at times has not been with you. And it's like, they're my sister. You know, at times it's fatherly, at times it's sisterly. Now, if I have the right. That's
0: so easy to understand, honey. Come on. Like, what if. I I, was explaining. uh, Okay, because it starts there. But you're also not single, and they're not single. I know,
3: but it's no different. If if I was single, it would be exactly the same.
0: Unless you were attracted and wanted to date them. And and then, then.
3: and then it's exactly the same.
0: It should be exactly the same. Exactly. Right. Okay.
3: That's In reality,
0: point. how do how does a guy a a, a hot blooded thirty year old guy or twenty something year old guy right keep it exactly the same as you're saying?
3: So what? Right. Exactly.
0: I mean, I so, just I'm pushing it right because right. come on, you guys know.
3: Okay, so let's get let's get to some scripture on this. All right. Just to define things. If you go to Leviticus 18, make
2: okay. him a eunuch, Cynthia. That's the, that's the answer. Unless oh my,
3: my god! Wow, ah, that's heavy.
2: <laughs> but yeah.
1: you can, Roger's like, no, right. no, right? Like, you don't
2: have to like, do that. Like, like, only, only eunuchs can do it perfectly, right?
1: That's.
2: I right. mean, that's the answer to your question. How that's does the guy
3: can't right? Because uh, origin, you know, uh, felt he had lust in his heart, so okay. he castrated okay. himself. And said it was the worst decision he ever he ever made because he still lost it after he castrated. Himself. Wow, so not like necessarily
0: physical, right? But it doesn't work. It's right. right, so it's not physical. It's still in your heart. Wow, right. and for any wow, yeah.
1: castration. We just we went there.
0: I know, bad. Sorry, yeah, that right. won't work either, right? <laughs> hey, <It's L-O-O. laughs> Right. Okay, yes, sorry, it. Roger. This
2: is like, dude. Sometimes I forget we're live. Right. right. This is yeah. kind of, it's mind
3: blowing though. I mean, take
1: us to, yeah, take us to the word. Yeah. yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah thank God for origin. So no other guy ever had to make that mistake again. Oh God. Um, right. Um, okay. So Leviticus 18 is talking. Now you can't read any other translation other than King James, the original, not new King James, King James. Because for whatever reason, it's the only one that translated the way it actually reads in the Hebrew. It So it says this. None of you shall approach anyone who's near of kin or family to uncover their nakedness. I am the Lord, the nakedness of your father or the nakedness of your mother. You shall not uncover. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness, the naked of your father's wife. In case you, 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 you have a stepmom you shall not uncover. It is your father's nakedness. Why am I bringing this up? Cause he owns her nakedness. Right? Okay. He, he so, so remember I talked about ownership. Once you become married, then you own each other's nakedness. Now, Cynthia said, and by the way, notice at first it's talking about either way. In other words, this isn't just a male and his relationship to his, his family. It's also, and he goes on, by the way, your brother's wife. Don't look on her nakedness. It's your brother's nakedness. He owns it. You don't. So now it's going gonna, it's gonna to matter here in just one second when you understand where Paul goes with this. So in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, Paul is talking about husbands and wives, and he's answering the Corinthians uh, questions. And he goes, um, he says this, Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. Uh, Notice how he puts it. The husband owes his wife affection. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Why is he bringing this up? Well, at this time, you know, Romans are starting to become Christians, and they got some wild ideas about relationships, right? And he's having to really define it for them. He's saying, yes, there's this ownership thing. Husbands have authority with their wife and wives with their husbands. If a husband tries to abuse that and say, you owe me sex because your body is my possession, she goes, well, your body's my possession. Mm -hmm. It has to be be an agreement, right? That's the whole point. But Paul's saying, don't stop giving each other affection. That's part of being married. Why am I bringing this up? Because affection isn't supposed to really happen until you're married. Ownership isn't supposed to happen until you're married. I'm not saying that, I'm not telling you that you can't kiss a boyfriend, but what I'm saying is maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should date them in a way where you can still say they're my sister. Or let me put it another way. Let's say you date somebody, and then God shows your best friend is actually supposed to date that person. You should be able to say, I treated her great, you go ahead, and they get married, and you should be able to still be friends with them. Well, today's dating involves a lot of things that you would not still be able to be friends with them, at least comfortably. And Mm -hmm. so the point is, you get my point, right? And if if you go too far in any of these things, you ruin every other relationship that may come along. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if she is supposed to be your sister, you might find yourself compatible with somebody, but not supposed to marry them,
2: Mm
3: -hmm. right? And... That might just be, you guys are supposed to be a good brother-sister relationship in Christ. Yeah. So if you go beyond where you are, you can never keep that relationship where it should have been.
0: Mm -hmm. I I totally, totally hear you,
3: you know. Um, Let me say one other thing. Guys look at girls incorrectly all the time because a lot of what's out there in the world, porn and everything else and movies. But also, on the other hand, girls lower their level of worth by how they act. Yeah. You know, by how they act. And if a girl plays into the world's standards of how she presents herself or how she deals with her life, she is going to lower herself in the eyes of a man that she really wants. Mm
1: -hmm. So this really all sounds like it comes down to like an issue of mutual respect. You know, the man respecting the mm-hmm. woman, as like, hey, it's not that you can't be attracted to them, but there is what? this line of respect that hold, like, that you withhold a part of your passion or whatever until what? you know. And same for a woman, respecting him and respecting yourself. Yeah. More, less, than, less than, you're my brother. Like, okay, this sounds really weird. No, it's like an issue of like a boundary line of respect.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> what's going on go ahead oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay no but
0: so much in that that, blue mind right now
2: (laughs) no but i agree because like at the end of the day like even as someone you know being i'll be 32 in november and being in ministry traveling with the the team that i do like with the whosoevers if there's a guy one day that comes you know that like If I see a guy one day and I'm just like God's like stirs my heart for someone right in the future as a single woman, I see so many girls in church that will see a godly guy right that's hot or whatever, and it's like, dude, they act like the chicks from like Beauty and the Beast, like Gaston's girls, just throwing themselves, you know, at at guys like all the time. And I look at girls and I'm just like, bro, like what how does this guy have that you're you're making yourself so available and you're putting yourself in front of this guy where there's no pursuit there's no he doesn't have to conquer he doesn't have to fight for you everything's just there but it's like when you know your worth it's like you will have a healthy respect where you will create space for the pursuit you will create space Mm -hmm. you know to be conquered you'll create space to whatever like i was listening to pastor Ken Graves from Calvary Bangor, he has a series called like serving together or serving as one. And he talked about, you know, that the, one of the greatest conquests of any man is winning the heart of his wife and not just winning her heart, but continually winning her heart throughout her, you know, throughout their marriage. He's like, it's not just a one-time thing you continually pursue and, and love her and win her heart over and over and over again. And I love that picture because, Like even, you know, as someone who's single, if there's a guy on the horizon in the future, I'm not going to throw myself at him. I know my worth in Christ. There's going to be, even if God is stirring my heart, I'm going to make sure that I have people in my life that say, okay, Christina, you know who you are. You're not the one to approach this guy. You're not going to be the one that's going to put yourself around this guy. You let the guy come to you. And if it's of God, you keep things friends level and you let him pursue and you let him you know, go through the front door in your life through all the men in your life to make sure that, you know, they've checked him out before he pursues you. And that's someone that knows their worth, you know, is I think just so many girls, dude. And that's just how you keep it respectful. That's how you guard your heart. That's how you stay above reproach, especially in the church. Like so many people don't want to do it right. So they go through the back door and people are left wrecked, you know, so it's going to leave that there for, you know, leave that on the table.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, it, Raj, it's true. And I, I mean, I, I want to ask you this question. Why do you think, and I, I think in general, at least the majority of the churches that I see, they don't really help people, uh, young, old, you know, whatever, middle age. They don't, they, it's all, do they not know how to help people navigate? this dating conversation, or is it purely because there's no sort of in the Bible, you know, the Bible says these are the rules for Christian dating. Like, what's the disconnect here? Why isn't the church doing a better job helping singles navigate this whole thing?
3: I think just like the scripture I read about Jesus with his mother and brothers, they don't, they they read the passage and they understand the history of the passage, but they don't apply it to every area of their life. And because they don't take it, I'm not going to say serious because they do take it serious, but they don't take it directly to life application. There's, it's the weirdest thing. I find that there's a lot of pastors that want to talk about a subject. And when they read the word, they leave out the rest of the implication. Mm. They leave out the rest of the principle what was Jesus trying to teach? A very simple teaching: Who are my brother? You know, your your family is your spiritual family. He's so not getting rid of the natural family, but your spiritual family, and if they do the will of God. Now I, we're not we're not excommunicating people that might not or might be struggling. It's not that. But you want to rely on those people as family. So there's two things I think that that gets applied to to what we're talking about. One, stop looking for my natural family, or even people who aren't doing the will of God, to fulfill what God has given me. Number one, obviously, Jesus didn't look for it. Think of that. Jesus Himself didn't wasn't looking for that like from his natural mother and brothers. Right, Roger. Right, so what
0: you're saying, what you're saying essentially is that all of us, male and female, have to make a shift in how we see ourselves and others. We have to shift to we're all family. We're, yes. we're you know, we are the, you know, we're the scripture that says the eye can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you. We're a part of we make up the body of Christ. And right. and as family members, we will marry within our family, each other. So we've got to navigate. We have to really navigate the entire counsel of God, apply it in our family and behave in such a way in our family where once we've identified the person that is our spouse, you know, we then can you know, we go to the next level and we take appropriate ownership as it grows and solidifies. Mm-hmm. But that means then, and, and men hear me on this, that means that a lot of you pursue so recklessly and so incorrectly that I'm, I'm just going to call it out there, like you should be ashamed of yourselves, you know, because I, I mean, I, I have seen and spoken to a a handful recently of young, young women of God, young daughters. And, you know, they've each been in states of disrepair about the way that a guy pursued them, the level of seriousness he represented in his pursuit. And then, you know, one of them, I think, which kind of started this series was a young girl who saw a pastor's son for five years, five years from the time she was like, Seventeen to twenty three or four I, and i and I'm thinking well, that's just ridiculous. who was helping navigate this relationship who was i mean they they had slept together, you know, so there, it was such a mess and i I couldn't even believe I'm like but this is a pastor's son I mean who didn't teach him or or at what juncture did he decide he was just going to rebel against what it was that he learned
2: yeah
3: again i think this goes back to the most basic foundational truth here and so let me clarify if a woman or girl wants to have some sort of spiritual relationship with me but doesn't want to with cynthia we know there's something wrong right yeah, right, that's yeah, not we're, family. It's, I know. Listen, it's
0: different. We're married. I, of
3: course, it's different. That yes, we are married, so natural family. Right. And, and so I was pointing that out because spiritual family is the same way. In other oh, words, I see what you're if a guy and girl are starting to talk, but they don't want to talk about their spiritual family about it, that's mm. yeah. going wrong. There's yeah. something wrong. Right. So if if on yeah. a spiritual level, okay. If somebody wanted to talk to me in church and Christina Reynolds was there, but didn't want her to hear something's not right. You see we're a family, mm-hmm. right? And so don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's not good to divulge things to certain people, right? I, that, that's just wisdom, but we're a family. And so if we don't oper- operate as a family, you said, who's watching over? My guess is, They weren't operating as a spiritual family. There wasn't discussions about things. Things were hidden. Things went away and did certain things. Nobody talked about what family is and how ownership works. There should have never been any ownership in that situation. Well, what are you saying? If you're dating, are you free to date everybody else? That depends on what you guys agree to, right? And if you're dating as – if you're seeing each other as a brother and sister, which is how you should see each other at first – you see the james bond thing is what screwed up everything right he walks in a room he's ha- ha- handsome and a you know beautiful tux the girl looks at him she loves him they don't even talk and they run off the bed like that, that that's how james bond works right it's got to it's in a movie you only got two hours right and so what uh, the the romance part has to last one second and uh so
0: is that romance yeah.
3: <laughs> Right. Well, yeah.
0: I think that's that's left man's. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So
3: brother and sister takes time. Right. right? And yeah, it takes time.
0: Well, it's like I always say, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. Interestingly enough, if you apply it to a dating situation, that's powerful. Because guys, if you're dating a girl that you don't want to take time with or spend time with, you need to stop what you're doing because mm-hmm. the answer to your question is right in front of you, inside of you. And girls, if you're spending time and thinking you're loving a guy who doesn't want to spend time with you, and I don't mean whiny. Oh, I want you to be with me every second. I don't mean that because people have work. that they, they, You should feel comfortable if they're with other people or doing other things. But if he truly doesn't want to spend time with you, in a real way where you feel validated, you know, and I mean quality time because honestly Mm -hmm. you can spend a lot of time with the person and it means nothing, you know, but if he, but look at the time that he does want to spend with you. I always say if a guy wants to call you after the night is over, that's not spending time with you. That's using you, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean the phrase, the phrase in, in, in our culture, you know, booty call or hook (laughs) up connect. Right. Right. That's not time. That's let's carve out time for sin. He's spending Mm -hmm. rebellion with you. He's not spending time with you. You know, not the time that leads to love. Mm -hmm. You know, what would you say though, you guys? Did you have something to say, CR? No,
1: I'm just like, yes, yes. No, Um, that is not time. Right. It's called come here and fulfill one of my needs on my time.
0: It's 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 so selfish. And just yeah, makes me mad, you know. So I mean, while we're so let's say now you're standing in front of a room full of guys, and each one of them has identified a sister that they're attracted to mm-hmm. that they want to pursue. Mm-hmm. What conversation? What first conversation should they have with that girl? What real, honest first conversation should they have?
3: Well, it should be as a brother. Right.
0: I don't remember the last time a brother came to me and said, "Do you want to date other people and me?" Uh, Because I'm attracted to you.
3: No, obviously not. But okay, so (laughs) attraction. Okay, attract. Okay, so there's there's just this basic (laughs) desire in men and women to be found attractive or wanted or whatever, right? Okay. So as you're having a brother and sister conversation, that's going to become pretty obvious. Like the attraction part is going to start to become. No, no,
0: the attraction's already there. If you give there. it time.
3: No, 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 no. Let's
0: say it's already there, of and course. he's saying to you, "I'm you're going asking, to ask her out." Right. What first conversation should be had?
3: Okay, <laughs> what I was trying to say is you're having that first conversation with. So you've you've got to know her as a sister already, is what you're saying? Because what you described is a room where you see somebody. So.
0: Yeah. Let's start there. A room where you see somebody.
3: Okay, then you should pursue that if you are thinking maybe this girl's a possibility, you should pursue it as a brother sister relationship at first.
0: Okay, but men are usually and you know, I which always, is
3: completely different than James Bond.
0: Right, we get that. But you All know, right. I always say, you know, women become attracted to men that they fall in love with, men fall in love with women they're attracted to. So in this world that is for sure, ninety percent of it. So the guy's already been attracted. He's leading from attraction. Okay. I know, let's be real. That's what's going that. on. He's leading from his 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 loins have engaged. <laughs> so, what do you tell? What is the first conversation? Because the girl's going to be she she may be attracted back. Right. So now you got to d- deal with that.
3: Right. What? Again, it should stay on a brother sister level. And you should have conversations from that vantage point. You shouldn't just because you're attracted to somebody, you can be attracted to a million different people in the world. Just because you're attracted doesn't mean that you should shift from being a brother. So you have a brother sister spiritual relationship. I got you. But you know what I I, and you have to build from there. You have to get that straight first.
0: I, I got you, but you want to know what I would probably do? What I would tell them. Guys, listen up. Girls, listen up, too. But you know, guys, listen up. I and I'm thinking about this from the standpoint of being a mother to a son. Um, I'm the queen in Proverb, the queen mother in Proverbs 31, right? Um, what I would say is, son, she's beautiful. I get the attraction. Go sit and pray, and 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 take your physical attraction to the Lord and and get rid of it make sure you can kill the flesh, put it in a proper box where it can sit there. Now you know you can be attracted to her, but you can be attracted to 20 girls. There's 20 beautiful women that may come across your path. So now you need to put that aside. Cause you're, and, and I think to think that that can be done without prayer, yeah. conversation with God, and get in the word and do whatever you have to do to turn the water faucet from hot to warm, You know, and then go out for a coffee. Never put yourself in a situation after dark. Don't get on the phone with her after, you know, after night, because when you're laying up on the phone with somebody late at night, you're laying up on the phone with somebody late at night. Do you guys know, you know what I'm saying?
3: I think, I think you're kind of doing two things here, though. There's a difference between physical attraction and sexual attraction. There's a difference between romantic attraction and sexual attraction. And to say that, you know, if a guy's going around being yeah. sexually attracted to every beautiful girl, you got to fix that. Yeah. You fix that spiritual problem.
0: Right. Well,
3: that's uh, the, that's the real issue. then. Uh, right. And not right. being attracted. I assumed in your conversation that what you were saying is he was romantically attracted to her. If he has a problem, you know, I, um, talking to a friend and a guy, and, you know, I had heard this pastor say it's only natural for a man to think about having sex with a beautiful woman when he sees her, which is totally wrong. And uh, and it doesn't matter anyway. We're supposed to kill natural affections anyway, even if he was right, but he's not right. And I said, if I walked around, every beautiful girl I saw thinking about having sex with, I'd go crazy. And he goes, well, congratulations. I go, oh, you mean you do that? He goes, Yeah. What? And so what I'm saying, there are guys walking around sexually attracted, but they need to take porn out of their life. They need to take a lot of things out of their life and focus on the Lord and get that right before you even think about dating anybody. If you're going through that as a guy, and a lot of guys are, then you have to repent.
0: This is right. right. Right.
3: Because it isn't right for you to be looking at women thinking about having sex with them. That is evil. And Jesus said, if you look at a woman, they have like, obviously a married man to, if you look after a woman to lust, you're committing adultery, right? Mm. And guys that are in that situation, they, there's no difference between married and unmarried. They're looking at every beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, you know, tons of actresses on the, on TV shows and movies, they're all married, a lot of them. You know, sadly, the paradigm in the world and in, in media is really horrible. Like, it's so horrible. Mm-hmm. It's so degrading of women that mm-hmm. they're even calling out for women to degrade themselves. Take naked pictures of yourself. Take sexual pictures of yourself. You're free. It's your body. It's like, no, you're degrading yourself. I, I remember when Tim Tebow was asked, or his friend, was asked by um, a friend, Kim Kardashian, if uh, if he would want to date. And the guy said, I'm pretty sure Tim Tebow is not looking for somebody who has a porn video out.
0: Okay. I don't know if that's true or not. It is true. Okay. Well, yeah.
3: So, I mean, it, and I'm, I'm not speaking for, for Tim for Tebow or her. Right. She is somebody that God However, loves. Right. She's somebody that God loves. But what I'm saying is don't lower yourself. Who knows they... what would happen with her and him if she didn't. And so well, that, it's like maybe that was the perfect relationship that,
0: that, that don't it,
3: lower yourself. Right. By I, the way, Christina, when you said about I know who I am in God and what my value is, so many women are like, Oh, I can't find a guy and I can't know, know your value and know, have confidence in God, which is called faith that he can bring you a spouse and then you'll start acting correctly in church in places. You may even get on eHarmony. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We just had friends last night. They met on eHarmony, yeah. and they dated perfectly correctly. Yeah. Uh, they it was a fairly quick relationship, but it wasn't like ridiculous. Yeah. And they never slept together until they got married.
0: No, as a matter of fact, the thing that was most fascinating to me about about that is, cause I come from a generation, I remember when online dating started when the first websites went up. And I mean, I just laughed at that. I thought that's absolutely absurd, ridiculous. Oh my gosh, I'd never have to go on the internet to get a date. However, many, many years later, and now knowing multiple people from different ages from like their mm-hmm. 30s and up who found spouses yeah. and, and who said to me, I wanted help editing. I wanted to get serious about what I was compatible with. Now I kind of really understand a lot more about, about how it could be an effective way to actually meet appropriate people. But Mm. it's interesting. Only if you're really honest and the kinds of questions you get asked, they were explaining to be on eHarmony. There's like 200 of them are designed to get you honest about what you're really looking for. Interesting. Because out of everyone that they were told they were compatible with, each of them only found one other person that basically mentioned that they were looking for someone and only someone who was interested in kingdom living. Mm-hmm. That's pretty mm-hmm. crazy to think that basically, you know, what she was saying was that the wife was saying was. If a man wasn't in love with Jesus enough to make Jesus a part of his dating profile, to make to make him the basic foundation on on which he would even have a coffee or a conversation with the girl, he was not worth her time. And Mm. girls, hear me. This should be bottom line. Right. It doesn't matter how cute he is. Doesn't matter how wealthy he is. Doesn't matter what you think he's going to do for your image and how you think you're going to look dating him, how you think you're going to feel being with him. None of that matters. If he doesn't love the Lord enough to make the Lord the bottom line foundation from which he will live his life, He's you're you're just swimming in, you know, in a cesspool, not, you know. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And I, I found it to be really interesting because, so it's easy for us to see that as girls, but for guys also. Like, you know, she said most guys that she could see and meet there, they weren't, they didn't care really what she was spiritually, even if they were Christians. You know, they were a little bit more open to her being immature or whatever it wasn't a priority for them and she knew to run because you want you know guys you want to be looking for a girl that has Jesus as her priority you know because then she can she'll be a certain kind of a person to you and to your children and Mm, um, that's good yeah I just I found it to be just pretty fascinating you know yeah I want to piggyback
2: off of that just because like There's so many people, like I was talking with some of our young adult girls that are at my church this last week, right? And so many people, I think, settle for even a guy like, well, actually, let me say this. So I have a friend of mine who I went to India with twice, and she's like 38, she's single, she's killing it for Jesus in every, every way, Right. She said there was a Navy SEAL guy at her church that asked her out, you know, went through her pastor and, you know, she took him, you know, he took her out. First date, she says, so what are you reading? He's like, oh, I'm a Christian. She said, so what are you reading in the Word right now? He couldn't answer that question. She was like, she's like, you're really awesome, but I don't think this is going to work out. I love it. You know what I'm saying? And I think there's so many people that... It's like, you're like, you need to become what you're looking for. So many girls Mm. are like, I want this kind of guy. Like I want a guy that's serving Jesus and I want a guy doing this. And it's like, girl, are you busy about your father's business? Right. Or are you just lingering like Gaston's girls being like, you know what I'm saying? Like from beauty and the beast, like, listen, (laughs) at the age of 31, like girl, Mm. I am busy about my father's business. Okay. serving Jesus. If I'm not on tour, I'm speaking at my own events out here. I'm busy at my church. Like, dude, like at my church right now, I'm hosting like a young women's event one Friday night, like, Oh, like a, an one Friday night, um, a month at my church just to get all the junior high school girls together. We're inviting other churches. Like, dude, I have vision. I'm on mission with the Lord. Wow. I'm going for it, and I believe that who you are is what you're going to attract. Mm-hmm. That right man who is on mission, who is mi- who is kingdom minded, who is serving the Lord, who is focused on the Lord, who's in the Word. That's the kind of man that's gonna mm-hmm. that I'm going to marry one day. Not someone who's just filling a seat on church on a Sunday. And I'm not saying that like you guys need to be serving at church seven days a week, but I'm just saying. Don't say that you want a certain kind of person if you're not that person first. Amen. Yeah. You want a girl that's on
0: fire. If guys, you're not in the word. Well, it's, it's. Don't, yeah. To, CB, it's so yeah. simple. It's like, yeah. I, just to jump in on what you're saying, because yeah. it's like saying, it's like being an alcoholic and hanging out in bars every night and saying, I want to date a sober guy. Yeah. <sighs> Like sister. I mean, do you need to get sober first? Right. Yeah, and, and, you know, and th- this is this is a really like what you're saying is really interesting. So let's say you identify
2: yeah.
0: a, a, a guy. Right. This is uh, I'm going to piggyback off of a question here that Salumbra, one of our viewers, writes in and she says, I know the Bible says that. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, but can a woman approach a man with the intent to be friends first? And I do think women have a great ability to be able to kind of approach a guy and just, I'm going to be friends first, probably because we're so insecure. We automatically assume anyway, he'll only want to be friends, but that's a whole other conversation, right? But, but is that okay? What do you think about that?
3: I think anything that a family would do, I think is fine. You know, I, I, I think you get yourself into trouble when you start to take yourself out of that context, right? Right. Like, like you said, you know, would a brother and sister be talking late at night and having, you know, really the wrong kind of conversations and stuff like that? No, they wouldn't, you know, uh, would you be able to cut off things at the right time and honor each other? Of course. So as long as you keep it within the context of family, I think you're in a great place. Like you're very healthy place. And, uh, we yeah. were
0: friends for like right. Roger and I. Our relationship did, did not lead from attraction. I mean, I can, no. I, 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 mean, I think you were attracted to me, but I wasn't no, I attracted wasn't. to you. Exactly. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Wow.
3: No, I definitely wasn't. You're I such remember, a liar. No, I remember when I went, oh, <laughs> but no, not on the no. airplane. No, dear. You, yeah, yeah,
0: no, not You on had the-
3: big glasses like right, this, right, right. a beanie pulled over your hat. Uh, a beanie uh, turtle pulled neck. over my head. Yeah, whatever. Your hair was covered.
0: Beanie pulled over my head.
3: Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, no, I couldn't even see in, you. In
0: that first one, no, there was no attraction. Yeah. I, but I, I couldn't I, even I, see her. Yeah. No. In that in that first conversation, there wasn't. It was truly like He's God a had a word. Yeah, God had a word. You know, no, we were connecting in the spirit. Nothing. However, you were attracted to me before I saw you in that way. Right. Right. And.
3: But it but, wasn't at first.
0: But. But well at first was the first time, Roger. By the second while. time.
3: No, it wasn't for a while. I mean, I thought you
0: were. He
1: she,
2: she, she had him at the turtleneck with a beanie.
3: No, she didn't. Not at
2: hello, but at the turtleneck.
0: <laughs> so turtle so no, and you know what's so funny, Christina, is that oh. the really great thing about our our beginnings for me? was because I wasn't attracted and hear me, you guys, because this may mean that your spouse is sitting in front of your face because I wasn't attracted and I, I wasn't leading with my girl games. Mm. Boys, are you leading with your boy games? Girls, are you leading with your girl games? I wasn't. I wasn't going to hang out with Roger and put on the right makeup and get cute and blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, I, I don't even understand what, what point – he even thought I was attractive because he was becoming my brother in Christ and I was asking him questions about the word. And I, I, was, I really wanted to go deeper in my knowledge of the Lord. And I met somebody, first man in my life, who could actually be my buddy and talk to me about the word of God and help me go deeper and talk to me about parenting and all these different things that were important to me. And so I... I, it it wasn't, you know, attraction. In fact, I was afraid that he would become attracted and that it would ruin our relationship. It would ruin our friendship. And so it was very appropriate. So when I realized that he actually saw me, you know, that he loved me, it was the moment in which God told me that he was to be my husband. And then, and then thank God, you know, when, when I had that revelation, thank God he already had been told by the Lord that I was his wife. That could have been awkward because we were such good friends at that point. But it was it was very, very interesting for me because our whole courtship showed me more and more that he was attracted to me, me, me here in my mind, me here in my heart. It had nothing to do with the me that I would put on for other guys to make them attracted to me. It was real, it was a real friendship built on real things. And there was no leading on my part with anything other than this is me. These are the feelings and emotions that I have. This is what mm. I'm going through. This is where my life is. This is where I want my life to be. It was, It was. he was like my brother. Totally. Yeah. We
3: didn't talk every day. We didn't see each other, but once in a few weeks, all of that.
0: Yeah, but then we talked more and more, you know. Yeah, then
3: it got more later, but, you know, it God. didn't start at all. But you know? I don't think we talked for a couple of weeks after we met, and then we probably didn't talk for a couple of weeks after that. Yeah. It, it, you know, it really was normal, right? It wasn't – there was no pressure in it whatsoever. So,
0: And secular – every every secular relationship I was ever in, and I say secular even though some of those guys, most of them would have all said they were Christians, Right those all started out like uh, in Italian, the phrase would be de fuma, you know, it was like a, a ball of fire or like a, you know, it was just, those were all passion, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you know, and I'll tell you when you put the passion bef- before the actual relationship, it's like putting the cart before the horse. Yeah, it really is. In fact, I think you stop the relationship from progressing when mm-hmm. you, when you jump into the passion part first. Yeah, you definitely do. And I think that's why so many relationships, when they put that in prematurely, I'm just sitting there going, oh boy, you just ruined your relationship.
3: Yeah. Or, put it, or delayed it, or.
0: Can, can a relationship, so you think it's cool for the woman to approach a guy first, just as friends? Of course. Okay, okay. And, oh, let's, okay. So here's Salimbra saying, my apologies for this personal question. But was it hard for you both to not be sexy attractive to each other and act upon it before you were married? Of yes. Course. Duh. Yeah. At a, certain, would, right? at a certain point, Salumbra, as the ownership in each other grew, you know, because we our very first conversation after the Lord spoke to me, when I realized the Lord spoke to him, our first conversation literally was, okay, so we're we're old enough, we're mature enough in Christ. We know what's going on here. We are now making preparations to be married. I mean, it was, we knew where we were going. So then at that point, and this is all Christians listen up because this is the place where you get it wrong. I think you think, well, that we're in love and we're going to get married. So it's okay to compromise. No, 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 it's not. It's not. And it gets harder at that point because now you know, well, I'm in it with this person. But Salumbra, we wanted to serve the Lord and we wanted wanted to please him. We wanted him in our union. And I wanted that testimony badly. And so there were times where he was weak, but I was the stronger one and would say, you know, no, let's not go cross this line. Then there were times where you were weak or where I was weak and you were the stronger one. And would say, no, we're not going to, you know, and, and it wasn't like we were, yes, we, we, and we talked about, you know, we would have conversations like we'd have conversations about everything else. Like, wow. Okay. This is. When
3: two people make a pact. Yeah, we had a pact. When you, when you make a, an agreement that this is what we're going to do when one person gets a little weak in it, the other person reminds them of the, the agreement and you know, you have to have that agreement uh, not just have it in your heart that you're going to do it. That's good. It's great. But uh, as you're in the relationship, you both have to. It, Cause if you're not in agreement, if you're both not in agreement when well, you got one person that's not, not too sure about whether they want to do that or not, it's going to really be really difficult. And, you want to be in a relationship where you're both in agreement about this.
0: Yeah. Or you won't make it across the finish line. Yeah. So your wedding night, you know, where you, you have sex for the first time on your wedding night, you both have to be in agreement. And that's why it's important going into the, the walking into the front door of a relationship that you're both saying, we're going to go to the next level with this and, and get married and we're going to get engaged and we're going to take ownership in each other and we're going to progress. Those initial conversations have to be bottom line foundation. Do you want to live for Christ? If Christ says, have children and raise them this way, are you going to do it? If Christ says, move here, are you going to do it? Christ says, we're not supposed to sleep together until we're married. Are you going to be strong in that? You know, you each have to have the same level of commitment. And you know, when you're dating somebody, whether or not they have that level of commitment in the way that you want them to have it and in the way that God wants them to have it. So you just got to be really real with yourself. And for me at every step of the turn, I had to be willing to walk away. Mm.
3: Oh yeah. Always, always You know, you're willing to walk away. I, I think also, you, you know, God made sex, right? And he made all of the attractions of sex. Right. If he didn't, when he brought Eve to Adam, He would have said, Adam, here's Eve. He would have said, hi, nice to meet you. I'm going fishing. You know, like there would have been no attraction. So the attraction's from the Lord, too. So you have to remember who's the author of all these things. He doesn't just say sex is for marriage for no reason. It's not an arbitrary rule. And we all go, oh, we want to do God's arbitrary rule. That's not it. It's because it's better. Okay? Um, So the attraction... And the sex is oneness with each other. And so, you, before you make that I do covenant, you don't want to become one with each other. It's an out of step process at that point. And you've done what is supposed to be the one. Think about this you could do almost anything with people in the world except have sex. That would ruin your marriage, right? You can talk. You could whatever, there's a lot of things, but the the one thing you're not supposed to do is have sex with other people outside your marriage, right? Because then that's not marriage. That's no longer a marriage, right? And like I said, the possession, this is my wife. She's not other people's wife. You know, she's not to act like a wife to somebody else. Obviously, I'm not to act like a husband to somebody else. But the defining element is sexual relationship. And that is what is the oneness that God talks about. So, why did he save that for marriage? Obviously, because this person is the one person I'm going to become unified with. One. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. And again, know your value, like, you know, Christina had said earlier.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that is it, it, it will boil down to for each and every one of us and each and every one of you individually, knowing your identity in Christ, because if you've got confidence yes, in Christ. Yeah. If you've got confidence in your identity in Christ, you're going to have the strength to say, oh, got to walk away from this guy. Oh, he's so cute. Adios." But I got to go, you know, not got to go, got to go. Gotta go. Yeah. And and, you know, yes, Joanne, the bottom line is to stay pure before God. And, you know, Teresa, just real quickly, as we sort of get to the to the to the end here today, Teresa said, you know, I've never dated a guy that has wanted to wait for sex until marriage. Where are the men who are on the same page? Girlfriend, I have to tell you. I had never dated one. In fact, I just figured they didn't exist. And so I got good at you know, whatever the sex manipulation games were. I knew that men pursued for sex. Look, I was, you guys, and we need to, you know, for a lot of you out there, as you get to know Christina, Christina, and myself, you'll get to know more and more about our testimony. If if you watch, if you watch Christina Reynolds and I on TBN, you kind of know a bit about our backgrounds, but I mean, I wasn't raised in the church. You know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't, finding guys who were Christian guys on every corner. I was dating guys, some of whom were just not Christian. And I would keep my little belief in God locked inside of my heart. And even the Christian TV I would watch, I would sort of watch it, you know, in another room so that nobody knew because I thought they'd think I was weird. But I mean, I was not dating guys, even if they called themselves Christians, you know, who wanted to wait until they were married for sex. That was it and, and so... I lived a life of compromise, you know, and I didn't know really what to do with the scripture. I loved, I loved Jesus, but I didn't really know. I figure, well, it's okay, I guess, because I'm in love. Then it got really difficult when it was, are you really in love with this guy? Are you just attracted to him? Well, no, I'm really just attracted. I'm not in love. So then it gets harder and harder and harder because if you know God, the scriptures that you're reading will tug at you and pursue you relentlessly until you realize you have a choice to make. And that choice is worldly compromise or, or, or godly living. Mm. And so Teresa, I get, I get it. I, I never met men who were on the same page at all until I wasn't looking for a man. And when I met one, I led with godly conversation and mm. wanted to know more about the Lord and wanting to talk to him about the Lord because he was more mature than me spiritually a lot more Mm. and the word a lot better than I did. And so I could ask him questions and we could dialogue and I was growing and my interest wasn't in him. My interest was in Jesus. And what Mm. I fell in love with was Jesus in him Mm. and the relationship in him. And that's what did it. And, And it really, that is, that that's what did it. And, and I thank you for saying that, Teresa. Thank you for your reply, Cynthia. I'm proud. I've never compromised girl. Don't compromise because I did all over the place. I compromised. Mm-hmm. I, I, I compromised with a capital C for years before I decided not to with Roger.
3: And I think on a practical level too. So if you're saying, well, all the guys I know they're not, you know, they're not making a commitment to not have sex till they're, married you're in the wrong place you're looking in the wrong place i don't know what that means but if your church is in a place where guys are taught to walk with god and serve him then you need to get in a in ministry where you can serve maybe where you can do the right thing where you can uh be acting for the lord and don't
0: you see the do not disturb sign sorry we're in a hotel traveling
3: um there's there's uh you there's a place for you where you can minister, you know, for the Lord and you're going to be around people that are doing the same. There's a place for you um, where you can meet other people that want to live their life for the Lord. If you got guys that are wanting to date and have sex, they're not living for Jesus. They're living for themselves.
0: Mm-hmm and i and and the sad reality i think for a lot of christian women and guys you need to hear this if you're if you're a guy who's truly living for christ do not give up just just you know keep trying to pursue these women who are exhausted from what we see constantly which is there are a lot of guys and i'm not talking about guys who aren't believers i expect this kind of behavior from guys who aren't believers i'm talking about guys who call themselves christians they they are dating like secular guys yeah. and, and and boys, boys, mm-hmm. boys. I use the term boys because you are not yet man, but you got to grow up because if you're a future king, a future queen only wants a future king. She does not want a future prince. You have to repent. Okay. Have <laughs> okay, to so rep- I got I to. Got <laughs> you cities. don't have
2: to grow up. in that
0: crown. <laughs> right. Straighten <in> that crown. <laughs> right. Right. Um, let's just try to get one more question though. Lady M asks, "That's right, straighten your crown." Lady M asks, "Should you know your purpose before pursuing or entering a relationship?" Well, this is a good
3: one.
2: Yeah, dude.
3: Now, what well, depends? What you mean well, by your purpose?
0: Well,
2: yeah, what she said. What are you thinking? Well, you got to be going. Your destination has to be similar, dude. Like I had. So, for example, really good friend of mine in my younger to mid twenties was a, you know, really good, you know, did a lot of ministry together, whatever, right? We were called to different things. I was called to the more, you know, just like broken crowd to reach, you know, people who are like addicts and like, you know, kind of the whosoever's crowd. And my friend, and we had talked about this, was called to, you know, just something completely different. And he's now, you know, a pastor somewhere or whatever. And we're still friends and he's married now, but I see who his wife is now. And I, we both realized that, dude, we're just two different tools, you know, called to different things. And so you really got to know when you know who you are in Christ and what your value is and where you're going, it's like, you're, you know, it's like you, if you're called to be a missionary in Uganda, you're not going to marry someone who's called to be a missionary in China, you know, it's like two different things. Or someone who's just called to certainly, you know, have a normal job and serve at church one day a week, versus, and then you want to marry someone who's called full time ministry. Like, that's just two completely different things. You know what I'm saying? So you got to have some you got to know what your purpose is, oh what your calling is, and then, you know.
0: Some idea. Yeah. yeah. Some, mean, idea. Because, yeah I mean, some idea. Because, yeah. I mean,
1: I just, because I, from that question, from like certain like personalities, for me, example, I could, I could, it can make me think, oh no, well, I don't know. So there's the pressure to know. But in fact, like it takes time to really like hone in. But yeah. like, I love what Christina's saying, but you will know that there's like a bend or like mm. what you're doing in life will kind of like give you direction as to like what you're passionate about. And yeah. I think what we're all talking about is like the greatest starting point is being passionate about Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like the non-negotiable. And then from then on, like, Holy Spirit is really good about leading and like, and like letting you see, and as you are friends in like a really respectful and loving way, you're going to find out whether your passions align or if your giftings or your strengths align or compliment, or if they don't, and that'll mm-hmm. become really clear. So I don't, I think, yes, there's, there's a place to be like, yes, we want to like have somewhat of an idea where are we going, but also there's not a pressure to even, I yeah. think there's so much pressure to be like, know who you are, know your identity. And it's like, for me, at least for my, for myself, like, it's been such a journey. Like, even now, even like getting clarity within the last few weeks, that itself has been like a 10-month journey of being like, ah, uh, partnership with the Lord, conversation. So like, God doesn't just, doesn't normally just give you everything at once.
3: You yeah. know, there's
1: like this like pursuit and there's this like ebb and flow of like, getting revelation or whatever so I, I guess like don't feel pressured like okay I don't know A, B, C, and D so I can't enter into a relationship like that's just mm-hmm. not even like logical that's not even the way that we are created but yes there is a starting point of like we've all said it here are they sold out for Jesus because if they're not life is going to be really hard if you do get married Yeah, you know and like if I and I know I have friends one who's like I am called to Israel and, and the other one was like you know I don't really know what I'm called to and that was a big, like, struggle for them. They ended up breaking up because she was so, like, set. But he just didn't really know if he wanted to uproot his life to, like, mm-hmm. do that. Because he had yeah. his own, like, I don't know what I'm yeah. doing. So there is a place when it gets to that point in your relationship where, like, you kind of have to know the things. If it's going to progress beyond, like, what Roger's saying, beyond being a brother and a sister in Christ to, like, are we going to be together forever? Mm-hmm. Like, commitment for covenant yeah. forever yeah. is really heavy. It's yeah, not okay. like, oh, let's get together so we can have sex and you can be my everything and make me feel good about my life. That is not marriage. Right. I'm just gonna yeah. be honest. It's really hard and it's really amazing. Like said. But but there there is there is this turning point where you come to this these crossroads where you're like, we can either be friends and I can support you and your calling through prayer and mm-hmm. fasting and you know, love, or am I gonna go are we gonna go on the same journey together in partnership? That's
3: mm-hmm. when you're like,
1: Okay, you better know what yeah. you're going to do, or at least be willing to, to move with this person if they really know.
3: And there's an aspect to your marriage being your number one ministry anyway. So it's mm-hmm. super well, yeah. in all of those. Anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. And you have to remain flexible. Even when you do understand what you're being called to do next. Right. You yeah. To, you know, marriage could change everything. So.
0: <sighs> yeah. It can.
3: Yeah. So you, you have to remain flexible and to be led to the Holy spirit. Like you said.
0: Yeah. 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 But, you know, it's like, the but the kind of bottom line things, I think it's it's good to know. Like if you yep. know, you know, Christina is a talented singer songwriter. If CJ said, I hate music and I never want the woman that I married to sing again, it mm. would have been a deal breaker from day one, right? Yeah. Know. Then he
1: should be blacklisted because who even says stuff like that? Right. Right. Mm.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But you kind of know music is 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 an anointing on my life. You know, yeah. if Christina Boudreaux met a guy and he was like, you know, I love Jesus and I love that you love Jesus and we're all in. But like, yo, you preaching and leading like, no, I'm a man and only I can do that pretty sure CB would, well, she might drown him in the swimming pool uh, with me helping her, but it, it would be deuces for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And even with you, honey, it's like, I've always had a leadership calling on my life. And I've always kind of been a, a person to jump out there and speak my mind and my opinions. Well, what if you were the kind of a man who said, I love you. I get your heart for Jesus, but I need you to be silent. And
2: I need you to be gentle and quiet.
0: Well, you could clearly watching the two of us together, see how that would not have worked. <laughs> so, and his strength has to be demonstrated in a way that's complementary to my strength. And and so I think, yes, in answer to your question, there's a bottom line sort of awareness of knowing your purpose. It's, you know, honestly, it's knowing who you are more mm. than anything before entering the relationship. Knowing who you are in Christ, I think, and who you're called to be, and whether or not that person compliments. Yeah. Or you compliment each other. You know, it I- takes
3: a real strength, a, tr- a true spiritual strength to be a strong, independent woman, like a Proverbs 31. She's yes, definitely yeah. strong and independent. Right in your crown. At the same time, it's being able to say, No, he owns me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: like like the world's strong independent would never say that right mm. i own him too by the way right that like that's the strongest independent mm. i own my husband and he owns me nobody else owns me Him. Mm. that's yeah. you in your own self giving like if you're not going to give yourself to your husband you're not married
1: right right
3: you're not married Yeah. Our paradigm is Christ and the church.
0: Yeah.
3: If the church doesn't give itself to Christ, it's not the church. Right. And vice versa, you know, Christ gave himself for us. Like to death. Right? So that's the paradigm. Yeah. That and if if you don't follow that paradigm, you're not getting married. You're getting a piece of paper.
0: Yeah, and hear me. I mean, you've never walked around or once said, I own you. No. I, I, because there is choice also, I choose to be here and give myself to this partnership and he chooses to be here and give himself to this partnership. Therefore, the ownership, it's, it's there, it's implied, but it's still given, you know, Mm -hmm. God owns us, but I, but he still gives me the free will to be here or not. Because
3: the ownership is more external. If a guy came up and said, Hey, I want you to you. I would say, no, she's mine. Right. (laughs) Like and you better say that too. Huh? Right. You know, and I, I better. better say if you didn't, there's, that there's would be a who don't. right. There's guys that are so twisted in their mind that they don't. Right. Right. Right.
0: And I, go, and, you
3: can have her, you know, I mean, like, yeah. I think that's no, that's against right. God's will.
0: Right. So make sure you understand for any of you listening, you know, the use of the word ownership, because unfortunately mm-hmm. in the secularized world and way of thinking that we're in and all of us navigating daily this whole marriage paradigm gets really, really twisted and manipulated, mm, especially there. by those outside of the, the faith who don't understand their own relationship under Christ and as belonging to God. They don't get what the marriage paradigm is. They don't get the bride and the great wedding feast and the lamb and and the gr- bridegroom, they don't get it. So what they try to do is color us as Christians so that we get deceived by Satan and we don't understand ourselves as the bride of Christ and Christ is the bridegroom. Yeah. Therefore, we don't understand ourselves as as potential brides to a man and yeah. and as sons and daughters. And um, identity is key. And I know we've we've gone over today. I, I just I know you guys it's it's Saturday and I, I know everybody has something to do. Um, but uh, any last Words before we close, ladies. My 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 spiritual mm-hmm.
3: chicks. <laughs> I, I enjoyed topic. it. Yeah, yeah I, think, I
0: enjoyed
1: having Roger. Man, bring yeah. yeah. oh, well, the biblical. You, it's a privilege. not in the clouds,
0: like like solid. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you.
3: Thank you. Okay,
0: great. I now feel
3: feel uh, honored to be on Girls Club.
0: <laughs>
3: Girl Club, like Fight Club. Girl Club, like Fight Club. Just like Fight Club. The
0: only rule about exactly the, the only rule about Fight Club is what? That we don't talk about Fight Club. The only rule about Girl Club is that we tell everybody about Girl Club. Because <laughs> <laughs> we want to tell everybody about Jesus and how much we love him and what it really means to be sisters in Christ and fellowship. And um, you guys, thank you for watching and being a part of it. Thank you, Christina and Christina. Thank you, honey, for joining us today. And and for each and every one of you who watches us every week or is discovering us each week, thank you for, for joining us. And, and thank you when you send in your comments and your thoughts, it's awesome. We do have even a couple of emails we're going to get to and address next week. So if you have anything you want to add to the conversation that we've been having the last few weeks, please send us your thoughts, your questions, your scriptures, your journey. Um, you're important to us. And we do this because of that. You guys, we're not in this for fame or money. We're in it because we love we love Jesus and we love to share him with all of you. And I Wanted to create a safe place where we could Bible study, but Bible fellowship in a way that is real, in the right way, in a way that helps us leave every week and hopefully grow a little bit more and like ourselves a lot more. So um, that wraps up this week's episode of Girl Club. So we love you guys and we will see you next week. Have a blessed week. Thank you guys. Uh. our world
1: can feel chaotic and uncertain but we don't have to live enslaved to fear christ has promised me and you his peace and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.